Hey, what's going on? Future is now podcast. I am your host, Spencer. I'm so glad that you guys are joining in today for this episode of Friday Roundup. I'm excited to get into it. We have a few things that we're going to be talking about here. Um, but before we get into that, make sure that if you guys are not subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you guys subscribe. Also, make sure that you guys leave a written review. I got a message from one of you guys, and it was the nicest message ever just said oh i'm binging your episodes i love it i'm leaving a review um, that really is the best way that you can help us get this podcast out there a little praise report because i feel like we're all a nice little community and family here but um on on instagram you know the account the account has gained like 10,000 followers in the last week i don't really know what's going on with that to be honest like it's just kind of blowing up and so i think it's honestly you guys that are just sharing and and liking and engaging and so thank you guys for for sharing and supporting i mean it, it i can't say it enough it truly means the world to me that you guys would listen to me <laughs> like that you guys would actually want to listen to me and what i have to say and um it is a humbling thing and i'm just glad that we're building something really cool in figuring out what the truth is and you know planning and hoping for the future to come this episode is brought to you by Theos University, the best place to learn about theology, the best place to get some great doctrine in your life. Um, you can use the code FUTURE10, that's FUTURE10, when you sign up to get 10% off of your first month. So make sure you're clicking the link in the description if that's an interest in you. And also, there is something called the Laser Fund that I personally developed for business owners, organization leaders, and people just trying to save for retirement and steward their money in a, in a safe and wise ways. So if you want to learn more about that, make sure you click the link and schedule a call with myself. It's a free call. And so I would love to talk to you guys more about that. But without further ado, you know, we got a lot of stories to get into. So get your hearts and your minds ready for today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Future Is Now podcast, where you can discover your calling, live with passion and purpose, and learn how to be the leader of the future. We all have a voice that people need to hear, and it's time to get the confidence to use our gifts to better the world. If you're here to grow in the things of God and develop a healthy mindset, you are in the right place. I'm so glad that you're here. So let's get excited about today's episode. Alrighty, let's just jump into this episode. Um, we got four things, I think, that we're talking about. So the first one, we're going to start off with the hot topic here of, I don't know if you guys saw this, but the Potter's House, big church, Bishop T.D. Jakes, um, you know, who has been on the front lines of preaching and pastoring for, you know, decades now. He's looked up to, to a lot of people, leads a crazy big church, you know, very big influence in the Christian community. So he had um, Democratic nominee Beto O'Rourke coming in uh, to his church, and the Beto O'Rourke, he's uh, the de Democratic nominee to the governor race in Texas. So it, it was a pretty crazy deal because um, he posted a picture there, and they were shaking hands, uh, Beto did, posted a picture, shaking hands, said, thank you, Bishop T.D. Jakes, for welcoming me into church this morning, and people lost their minds. I mean, people were just posting it and then calling Bishop T.D. Jakes a wolf in sheep's clothing, and um, it is a pretty big deal, and so I kind of want to talk about this a little bit. So th there's, there's two sides to this that we should be talking about, okay? So obviously, there we should, we have to look at every angle and every angle will allow itself to give us some revelation to the greater story. And, 
we can't look at stories one-sided, right? And the media would love to do that, guys. I'm telling you, anytime you look at a story, look at all sides, look at all possibilities, right? Make a wise, logical decision. Don't run to do anything. Don't run to judge. Don't run to, um, you know, cast judgment on situations, okay? So, in my opinion, I love the fact that politicians are in church. I think the Christian church and Christianity should be invading politics, and there's this huge movement right now, and it's weak in my opinion, and it's it's watered down. People are saying like, no, oh, no, like let you know, pre preach the gospel in love. Like, don't be overly zealous about your faith. Like, politics is separate than religion. All these different things. Which, in my opinion, I mean, if you really believe what you believe, right? If you really believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior, if you really believe that Christianity is the hope of the world, then why would you not want that in every fabric of society? Why would you not want that in politics, in houses of representatives, in the Senate, in the president? Like, why would you not want that? That's my opinion. And, and what happens is when we become so complacent as Christians and we leave a void, darkness will fill any void. We know that. Where there is no light, darkness will fill it. And my thought is, why, why are we just allowing things to happen in our country? Why are we allowing things to happen to our world without standing up for what we believe is truth? So this whole idea, I'm not mad that politicians are in churches. I'm actually thrilled by that fact. I actually love that fact. I think athletes, I think business owners, I think everybody, politicians should be in church. Because in my opinion, that's just, that's the healthy nation that's being led in the way of Christ. Now... This gets a little muddy, right? Because if you guys don't know, Democratic nominee Beto O'Rourke, um, he is a big, big pro-choice person. And he's also been stated as wanting to take away tax-exempt status from churches. So he's obviously not for the local church. He's obviously not pro-life, which is, in my opinion, a fundamental Christian value, all right? Um, I've talked about that before. I mean, if you're not pro-life as, as a Christian, then I, I, I'm confused. Do you not read your Bible? Do you not, you know, understand? I don't know. I don't get it. Um, but anyways, it, so here's where it gets a little hairy is we don't know if Beto O'Rourke just wanted to come to church. And obviously as a pastor, if somebody says, can I come to your church? I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you want even people that are, you know, believe in these things that are contrary to the Christian faith. Of course you want them in your church. Of course you want them hearing the good news. Of course you want, because God can redeem anybody, right? God can speak to anybody. God can soften any heart. So of course, as a pastor, you would want somebody like that in your church. However, the, the picture of the shaking of the hands and the presentation and the public eye and just saying Bishop T.J. Jake standing there shaking it, it seemed like a spectacle. It seemed like, hey, let's get this photo shoot. Hey, I want to be seen in public like you. It seemed like an endorsement. Now, I understand it might not be an endorsement, but it's, it seemed like an endorsement. And as a leader, as a pastor, you know, if you want to be somebody of influence, if you want to have an impact on this world, you have to understand that as you become more and more influential as a leader, you get less and less liberties, right? Now, what do I mean by that? It's, it means that if you're of greater influence, you just have to be more concerned about what you're doing in the public eye because there are people that are watching you and observing you. Now, I'm not talking about sin versus not sin. Obviously, you have to stay away from sin. I'm just talking about wise decisions, 
So here's where it gets a little bit dicey. Uh, Jake's TD Jakes was quoted saying this to raise the concern for the unborn above the born to fight for the life in the womb and not in the prison or in the school systems. If life is valuable, then after the mother pushes out the baby, that life should still be valuable, which the argument is, I guess, why are we so focused on the unborn versus the born? But this is a flawed argument. I mean, this argument of pro-life has nothing to do with born versus unborn. A life is a life, regardless if it's born or not. So to say, oh, the pr priority, priority is just on life in general. I, I, Jay, the, the, the quote here is trying to say that somehow there's a differential between the two, but life is life in general. So should we be concerned about life after birth? Absolutely. Should we be concerned with life before birth? Absolutely. So it's a, this is just an interesting thing that we'll see how it develops. I mean, um, you know, it is a dangerous place when people see somebody of influence shaking hands and seemingly endorsing uh, somebody that is pro-choice, that's about taking taxes and status from churches, that really is in every regard against freedom of religion. So we'll see how that develops. Um, but for now, it's just kind of precautionary, a little red flag there. Um, so if you see the drama, just know that's, that's what that's about. Um, also, Relevant ma Magazine just posted an article about why it's so hard to have great friends. In a world of millions of followers, why is it hard to find someone to hang out with on a Friday night? I think that's such a powerful statement right there. In a world of millions of followers, why is it hard to find someone to hang out on a Friday, Friday night? This society, this culture, this generation, Generation Z, Generation X, um, even it started with my generation. Because the internet is so accessible and social media is so in our face and it's so easy to get on and, and act like we have friends and act like we have followers, it, it's, it's incredibly dangerous because we will have thousands and thousands of networked people online and yet we'll have zero friendships. We'll have shallow relationships in our lives. So hear me if you're listening to this podcast. We, you, I, we need to work on developing our real relationships. The people in our lives, the people that we hang out with. I mean, really what we want to do is we want shallow surface level fun, laughter, joy. Yeah, haha. Ha. And then when something hard comes, we, we turn tail and we run. But that's not, that's not what builds deep, meaningful friendships. I mean, any relationship, romantic, friendship, platonic, whatever you want to call it, any relationship uh, requires realistic expectations and sacrifices. And that's just no fun. Those, those aren't fun words to talk about, obviously, but that's what it requires. And our people are just lacking in deep, authentic relationships. We really are lacking. You know, it's like, it's like you're building a house, right? And people are building the bare minimum of a house. And then they're going on to the next house because they want a neighborhood. They want more houses. But I would rather have four mansions in my life than 10,000 huts. I would rather have four mansions with pools and awesome, you know, man cave and all these things and, you know, awesome kitchen and master bedroom and build all these things. I would rather have a couple of those than have thousands of huts everywhere. And that's kind of my picture that I got in terms of the friendships and relationships in our world. It's like people are like, oh, yeah, I have hundreds of friends. Yeah, you have hundreds of friends that know nothing about your life. You have hundreds of friends that don't that never ask you hard questions. You have hundreds of friends that can't tell you when you're being an idiot, can't tell you when you're turning the wrong way, can't tell you anything of correction. And in that way, we become shallow people if we don't have shallow relationships. 
Yeah, relevant magazine. They're just saying it. You know, our this this generation is having a really hard time finding friends. It's because we're trying to create false friendships. We're trying to create friendships in the wrong ways on social media. Like I listen, my platform is social media. Okay, so I'm not I'm not saying that it's not you can't find beneficial beneficial relationships on there. I, I've connected with a couple people that have panned out, but guess what? It's panned out because I start talking to them and I see them. And we talk about real things, but what happens is when, when we're so obsessed with numbers and followers and following and, oh my gosh, this person liked my post, like that is not real. That, that is not real in terms of relationships. So my challenge to you in that would just be uh, take an inventory of friendships in your life right now and say, how can I make my friendships better? How can I make my friendships deeper? That's what we have to be focused on. Um, and then finally here, we are going to talk about Halloween. <laughs> So, yeah, this is a fun topic. Last year, I talked about this. Let me just be honest with you guys. I talked about this and I lost like 500 followers. And that's when I had like 5,000 followers, I think. So, uh, this year, you know, who's, who knows what, what's going to happen. But I have a very particular view on Halloween. And I will say this before I start. Please don't like burn my house down by what I'm about to say. Okay? To me, this is not an essential aspect of faith for me. So if you disagree with me, guess what? It's okay. I'm fine. If you celebrate Halloween, if you don't celebrate Halloween for different reasons, I understand. I'm going to respect people's view on that because I've heard both sides of the argument and there are things to be said. Now, here is my take on Halloween. Number one, witchcraft and demonic practices are absolutely wrong in any regard, anytime. Anytime you're doing things of the demonic Anytime you're doing things of witchcraft, which are very real, and spiritual warfare is very real, and opening your up, up yourself to that is extremely real, okay? I've experienced it. That is absolutely wrong. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, is trick-or-treating or dressing up on Halloween demonic? Uh, so here's my argument. Halloween originated 2,000 years ago, all right? This isn't, by the way, this isn't an opinion. You can look it up. Halloween originated 2,000 years ago. It was a Celtic festival in Europe. So back then, it was a weird festival. It was a weird celebration. People dressed up, you know, classic Halloween. People dressed up, and there were some dark practices associated with it, right? Like sacrifice, like different things like that. It was a pretty dark uh, practice and day. It was on November um, 1st that they would celebrate that, okay? So fast forward to May 13th, 609 A.D., the Pope dedicated the Pantheon in Rome to honor Christian martyrs, right? So it was this big deal. He said, okay, um, we're going to honor the Pantheon in Rome. This is going to be dedicated to all of the Christian people that died of their faith, right? It was a Catholic feast of All Martyrs Day. That's what they called it, All Martyrs Day. Um, and what's interesting about that is Pope Gregory III, after that, later expanded that festival and moved that day from May 13th to when? November 1st. So moved it on the same day of that original Halloween celebration, okay? So after that, Americans in the 1800s, because we came from Europe and we adopted European traditions, basically October 31st became a crock pot of this celebration where we dress up in costumes, we ask for candy, and in... A, historically, they celebrated that Catholic feast of All Martyrs Day. Okay, it was a festival. It was a celebration. It had more It had more association with the Catholic 
holiday than it did the Celtic Festival 2000 years ago. But because we kind of picked and again, we're a crock pot, we, we added in the dressing up element. And so here's my argument is my God reigns and restores and is king. The God that I serve, he invades the dark with light. The God that I serve can turn anything bad and turn it to good, which means that he redeems what is dark and makes it good, that Christians ought to redeem and take over darkness as well. 1 Corinthians 8, 4 through 6 says, if you have the faith to do it, it's okay to eat meat offered to idols because all the idols hold no power over us. That wasn't quoting it. That was paraphrasing it. Basically, these these guys were like, hey, can we eat this meat? Because these people over here, they they sac- they dedicated to the idols. And obviously, we don't serve idols. We serve God. So, but is it okay to eat that meat? Because it was just, and then, you know, Paul is like, well, if you have the faith for it, obviously, you don't serve idols. You serve God. So, as long as you know that, then yeah, you can eat the meat. And that's my view on Halloween is guess what? I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm not afraid of the world. I don't care what the world says uh, I don't care that, you know, people say, oh, well, if you, if you dress up, you're celebrating the devil. How? Why? That doesn't make any sense to me. In my opinion, as a Christian, I can take things that historically have been bad and I can repurpose them for good. I can dress up and eat candy and all the while I'm not partaking in demonic activities. Why? Because I'm, I'm a, a, a son of the heavenly God that invades the darkness with light. And Halloween in that regard of witchcraft and, um, you know, darkness and death, guess what? That, okay, some people do it for that. Well, some people ate the meat dedicated to idols. Doesn't mean that I'm doing it. And that's my view on Halloween, right? Well, obviously, I'm not going to be dressing up as anything demonic, all right? Like, I mean, there's, there's balance, um, my wife and I are planning on dressing up as Elvis Presley and, uh, whoever he was, his wife was, you know, for a themed dress up party. Okay. So you got to understand, you know, that's my take. Now, uh, I, I did say this before and people did reply to me and offer, uh, different perspectives of different places around the world. There are places around the world. I will say that culturally Halloween is extremely demonic and dark and, um, they have, you know, their community is all about witchcraft and I understand that. And if you don't celebrate Halloween because of that, I understand it. I totally get it. But my context of where I live and what I'm doing and where Halloween is more so in my opinion, a neighborhood friendly gathering and uh, eating candy, letting kids have fun. I'm totally okay with dressing up in that way Uh, because number one, historically Halloween wasn't always demonic. It actually was repurposed by the Catholic church to create something that actually honors God. And on the second hand, it's because, you know, I, I believe Christians should be occupying all spaces and taking over everything. <laughs> you know, they should be infusing themselves and, and reestablishing what culture says. Uh, so that's why I celebrate Halloween. If you don't, that's okay. I'm, I don't watch demonic movies. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. However, I don't think Halloween is intrinsically demonic. Um, I don't think that just because somebody dresses up, they're demonic. So that's my take on it. If you, again, if you disagree, that's totally fine. Um, but that's all that I have for today in terms of these three. I'm actually going to be sharing a little bit more on Halloween and my personal testimony of Halloween on my Instagram. Um, I just got the subscriber feature. And so I'm going to be sharing some things to my subscribers on there just 
on the personal testimony of, uh, you know, that my experience with the demonic, with Halloween, why I believe what I believe. And so that'll be on my Instagram later today. So make sure you guys check that out. Uh, make sure you guys are leaving a review, sharing this podcast with those that you care about and love. Thank you for spreading out this podcast everywhere and pushing it out. I love you guys. I'll see you next time on The Future Is Now.